Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Fourth Quarter Podcast with Ed and Unk. We're your hosts for today. I'm Unk. And I'm Ed. In today's episode, we break down, analyze, and discuss quarter by quarter yesterday's Super Bowl. And have the New England Patriots won the game, pretty much. Uh, now, before before we even get started breaking down, I, I just want to say the Rams was beat from the, from the jump. When, when you're considered to be the home team, and your fans are out number five to one. That that is just a sad excuse. I gotta you gotta put some type of responsibility. You supposed to show up for your team. It's the Super Bowl. Where are the Los Angeles Rams fans at? Where were they at yesterday? I couldn't agree more, brother man. If and from and from the sound disparity, you could actually tell. And it was pretty much a New England get home game. If oh like, yeah, oh yeah. I know. thought I thought it was in Foxborough. I thought the game was played in Foxborough yesterday. Like you like. If you didn't know any better, you would think you were at Gillette Stadium. And I was definitely, I was so, I was disappointed considering that the, they were, like you said, they were the home team. And the fact that the game was in Atlanta, you would think that Los Angeles, they would have at least attempted to make the trip to make it at least a mutual, you know, a mutual site more so as to having the Pats fans beat out the Rams fans 80 to 20. That's crazy, and that's been that's been the Rams. That's been the Rams' whole problem this whole postseason. They haven't had the fan, and uh, and people might 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 not think that the fans make a difference. But I'm telling you, I bet you, as Jerry Goff, the fans made a difference. When you can't hear some, you can't hear the plays being called because the stadium is so loud. When when the Rams took the uh, field, because the Patriots uh, fans, they know how to they know how to make the noise and disrupt them. Exactly, and you could definitely see that. With this being Jerry Goff's third season, you can it showed in the Super Bowl. You know the crowd noise; it was just something he was not prepared for. It he was not prepared for the disparity in fan support, and it could show. You know that when the Patriots were on offense, they could get calls out, they could make audibles at will, and they could get their playoff. Whenever the Rams were on offense, they were barely struggling, struggling to communicate in the huddle, and it and that really showed. You know. Not being able to call your audibles at the line, not being able to change how the plays because of communication is one thing that is going to hurt a team no matter who's playing because communication at the line is is key for any quarterback to make post-snap adjustments, pre-snap adjustments, and to read the defense. It's easy to just read the defense, but you still have to get the calls to everyone, the other 10 men on your side of the ball. And so you you can definitely see that that noise disparity was definitely disrupting golf throughout the whole entire game. Now you now you say uh, this is golf inexperience, the, only his third year, and that that did come in effect. I think Bill, I think Belichick took advantage of golf being such a young quarterback. I think he did some things on defense that golf was definitely not prepared for, and kind of confused golf a little bit. And I think that's why they struggle a majority of the whole game, but especially especially that first half. I mean. Well, we we have like we had eight punts. Did they punt the ball eight times out of eight drives? The let me tell you something, brother. The punt, the Rams punter had more punts than Todd Gurley had rush attempts. Let that sink in for a second. That's that, and you can't you can't expect to win the Super Bowl that way. You just can't. 
when you literally punt on eight straight possessions, that's eight. Eight drives. You couldn't even get a first down. Especially against a Tom Brady team. And the whole thing coming into the game was, oh, man, the Patriots can't let this Ram offense open up. They're just going to be throwing down the field. They need to watch for Gurley. They need to watch for this and watch for that. Hey, uh, I said, I said before the game, the Rams' offense in the in the regular season averaged thirty two point nine points a game. In the postseason, they averaged twenty eight points a game. Come on now, and you go from twenty? How you go from twenty eight points a game to three points? Three to points. Three, a field goal. That, and now. And that's and that's and that's the thing that got me, man. Cause it even in even in Super Bowl, even even with everything with Jared Goff being a young quarterback, with the whole Rams team being a young quarterback, considering as far as Super Bowl experience, you know, really it's really all of it showed. You know, mainly it showed in golf because he's the quarterback; he's gonna get all the attention and everything. But if you ask me, I think it also showed in the coach Sean McVay. I think. Everybody came in hyped up about the boy genius and wondering what he was going to do. And people weren't giving Belichick his due diligence and due credit. Because we have to think about it. Belichick's forte is defense. It's not offense. People, I guess people, I guess the casual fan thinks that Belichick runs the offense as well. But no, Belichick is a defensive-minded coach. He's going to take your biggest strength and he's going to take it away from you. And he's going to make you fight left-handed. And the Rams and the Rams and Sean McVay were not prepared for that. They weren't prepared for a tough, grind, defensive stalwart of a game. They weren't. They had never been in something like that, and they weren't prepared. What it reminded me of was back in the regular season when they played the Bears. Low scoring affair, you know, getting pressure on Jared Goff because that the key to being the Rams was always to pressure Goff and make him make quick decisions. If you let him play action, bootleg, and get through his progressions and reads, then they're going to beat you with his play actions and then deep balls down the field. But getting pressure on golf, and the key thing is getting pressure with only four, That's maybe true. five. At the That's most. true. That's that was a big that was a big point. They did they confused him with the uh with it, when they had six up front. Jerry Goff most of the time thought the six was coming and then they would drop two back. Only four will come. Jerry Goff would not be able to adjust, not be able to see that and. Call the plays off. If you ask me, the middle linebacker, the, it, which is the quarterback of the defense, he was winning the battle against Jared Goff all night. Yes, all night, man. And see, and the thing was, was that like, say, to, like towards, like towards the, like into the third quarter, they, they both teams started picking up steam, but it just seemed like the Rams is just no matter how hard they tried, it's just they couldn't. They couldn't get momentum going. They could, they would get a strike play here or some here, but they couldn't build on anything that they were doing. Everything would eventually end up in a punt. And I mean, the fact that they didn't even get on the board until the third quarter when they kicked that field goal is just it just goes to show that they weren't ready for that hard game yesterday. I do want to give props to the uh, Patriots punter. The Patriots punter was pinning the Rams deep, the ground deep every time, and that would made it even more made it harder for the, for them because Ty Gurley, we know he's battling a knee injury and everything, and uh, I didn't I didn't think he'll be 100 percent going in this game. I didn't think he'd play he'd be, do as bad as he did, but I didn't expect him to be 100 percent without the running game. 
they was one dimensional. They was basically a, a four vertical passing team. And when you play, you play prevent defense or cover three. That's done. That's dead. Yeah, I agree, man. And and you can see, as far as the running game is concerned, you can see neither team was getting anything pretty much up until the fourth quarter, as far as the running game concerned. But as you saw with the Patriots, they never went away from it. No matter if it's one one yard game, three yard game, two yard game, they stuck with it. They wore Donald and Sue down. They warmed down with the run game so that in the fourth quarter, when they gave all their gas trying to pass rush on Brady, that's when the big run started to open up, when Sonny Michelle had that big run, when Burkhead pretty much iced the game on that big run in, in the fourth quarter, which eventually set up the Gostowski field goal. See, that's the advantage that the Patriots had. Yes, and, and uh, not to cut you off, but uh, the Rams... Go ahead. The, the, the Rams, I feel like they wanted something so bad. They wanted Ty Gurley to be a part of this game so bad. You know, in the uh, NFC Championship game when Ty Gurley was doing bad, Sean McVay set him down, and that was a good decision. I think Tom, I think he should have did the same thing yesterday. I don't think, I think he will, he wanted to have him in it too bad. He wanted to make sure he was a part of it, and that really killed him because Ty Gurley was really a non-factor in that game. He, he was just basically a person back there. Yes. Like as far as the whole running game for the Rams is concerned, it was pretty it was pretty much non existent in the literal sense. And that total and that whole offense really just could not click at all. I'm sure let me share a stat with you, man. For everybody for everybody that's listening, I just want to share this stat with you. The Rams punted nine times overall in the game. They punted it for four hundred and seventeen total yards. That's on punts. The Rams had only 260 yards of total offense in the whole game. Uh, uh, uh. Now, it doesn't matter if you're the Patriots. It doesn't matter if you're the Steelers of the 70s. It doesn't matter if you're the 49ers of the 80s. It doesn't matter. If you have such a yard disparity like that, they racked up 400 yards just on punt. And they couldn't even get to 300 yards of total offense that is very very alarming considering like I said they came into the game averaging close to 33 points per game when they came into the playoffs and it seemed like each week in the playoffs the offense just would sputter and sputter more and then once they finally got to the Super Bowl where Belichick is by far if you ask me the greatest defense of mine as far as taking what you want to do and making you do what you don't want to do. And he did that against the Rams and the Rams and the Rams were not prepared for that Super Bowl experience that Belichick and Brady had in the big game. And that's how they were able to take control of the Rams. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say one more other thing. Uh the Patriots offensive line did a magnificent job against that front four of uh, the Los yeah. Angeles Rams. Uh, I know that uh Going into this game, it was a big question of uh, Aaron Donald. You know, he's the defensive player of the year, and he deserves it. And Donald Kasu, who had a nice, pretty, a pretty nice game against the Saints, and everybody was wondering how how would they uh, handle that, and they handled it uh, well. I mean, the Patriots gave up one sack uh, the whole game, and I think when you playing somebody, playing somebody like Aaron Donald, a man who had twenty and a half sacks this season, that that's pretty good to only allow one sack the whole game. Uh, Tom Brady did take a. Tom Brady did take a few hits here and there, but overall, the, the defense, the def- it was definitely a defensive game, but it also looked like that the uh, Patriots in the round defense might have swapped places because 
while while uh the Patriots only allow one sack, the uh Rams allow four sacks on Jerry Goff. And you can you can't let your quarterback keep getting hit and taking and taking hits because that's gonna wear on him and he's gonna start feeling that pressure and that's gonna let that ball go. And I and I think that's what happened on the interception that he threw to Gilmore at the end. The pressure they right. sent the all out blitz. He, the pressure he's been hit all game. Bill Belichick knew when to send it. He knew what play he was going to. He knew who he wanted to go to. And he just sent all that blitz. And Yergo had no choice but to just throw it up in the air. And the ball was not even close to coming, not even not even close for Cooks to catch. And Gilmore just made a great play on it. Oh, most definitely he did, man. Gilmore made a hell of an interception on it, man. Getting his head turned around, eyeing the ball in and bringing it down. I want to say on that play, you know, like I said, bringing it. The pressure that they were bringing on golf was pretty much just their four down linemen. Like, and when it got to that point, you could see it in Jerry Jerry Goff's eyes. He didn't, he didn't want to be he didn't want to be in the pocket anymore. He Jerry Goff Jerry Goff couldn't wish for nothing more but to have some kind of run game going for him because, in from what I saw in the game last night, man, he just looked like he did not want to throw that ball at all. Because he knew that their pressure was, was going to come from somewhere. The, the, the Patriots defense had four sacks on golf. They had eight pass deflections and they had 12 QB hits. They hit that's golf a, 12 that's a lot of hits. times compared to the Rams defense that had the defensive player of the year. Would only had one sack, five pass deflections, and only four quarterback hits. And now, we all know... When you got to hit Brady to kind of throw him off, but we also know that Brady can handle that. He can handle getting hit, and he and he knows that okay, they're going to be coming. So next play, I got to throw it short. Got to get it out quick. That's where Golf was struggling to do because many times in the game he would have open receivers. He would have a running back coming out the flats. He would have the middle of the field open, but that pressure constantly being in his face is making was making him overthink. It was making him overread his progressions. And it was making him force the ball somewhere where it didn't need to be forced. And then on that interception, when they brought the all out blitz, the running back, they brought two, they brought two extras. They brought the running back picked up one, and the other one came, had a free shot at golf. All golf really had to do was throw it out of bounds. If not throw it out of bounds, put more arc on it so that the only possible person who could get it was Cooks. Like, there couldn't be no way for an interception. It would, it, Cooks would either catch the ball or it be incomplete. But instead, with that pressure being on him all night and Belichick saving that all-out blitz for the perfect moment, when he sent it, Jerry Goff didn't know what to do. He just looked like a deer in the headlights and just let the ball go. And then, of course— I think the Rams, the Rams had an opportunity to go score— uh, when uh, Cooks was wide open in the end zone, Jerry Goff just saw him late. That allowed McCourty to come and catch the ball and make a play. That's a mistake. That's that's another thing, like you said, the, the, what Bill Belichick did on defense, that, that like, got to be commended. Like, it might not be been – if you love offense, this game was not for you, of course. But exactly. if you're into defense, you got to love. You got to love. And I'm, no, I'm not taking nothing away from Wade Phillips because Wade Phillips is a great defensive coordinator, but they could, could not contain Julian, Julian Edelman. He's – Come on, come on, man! You knew, you know who Tom Brady <laughs> want to go to. You know, you know who Tom Brady targets are. Why does, why does Edelman have ten catches for 141 yards? Come on now, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be happening. With, may I say, with almost a hundred yards receiving by halftime, and yes, the thing that got me was 
I was I was looking at this. I was looking at the stat just to just to go to the defense. Stop stop back to the defense for a second. When we're talking about Donald and Sue, you know they combined for seven total tackles, zero sacks, and zero quarterback hits. So if your best two linemen aren't getting any pressure on the greatest quarterback of all time, this what that's what happens. Edelman gets ten for one forty one. Sonny Michelle gets eighteen rushes for ninety four yards and a touchdown. You know, Gronk has six catches for 87 yards with the biggest catch coming exactly when they needed it. Right. And you're exactly right. You're exactly and, right. And before the game, and before the game, I had said that my players to watch that could possibly impact the game on who wins, Gronk, Gronk, Gronk was one of them. And I said Gronk is my X factor out of all of them is, is because in these types of games, when they need to – when they need a big play, it don't matter. Not a, not necessarily a touchdown, but when they need a big catch or a big play, and everyone is doubling Julian, I knew Grunk was gonna come into play at some point because I knew Edelman was gonna get his, and they were gonna end up focusing on him, thinking Grunk can't do anything in the game. And then, of course, it's the time when the time came. Brady and Grunk, most legendary combo. Pretty much quarterback tight end combo in history. And you talk about that uh that 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 scoring drive they had. The Patriots ran the same play three different times to get down that field. Three different times the Patriots ran the exact same play. The Rams have to be able to adjust. They have to be able to see that, and they gotta know who the, who what time it was. It's late in the game. They need a score. The game is tied. You know that who they're going to. Same thing happened last, uh, two weeks ago against Kansas City. It was third down. They needed a big play. You know who they're going to. They're going to Gronkowski. The only thing is, can you stop him? That's the biggest thing. And the Rams clearly could not stop him. They didn't do enough. They didn't do enough on on offense by far. And I I don't think that they did. A, they don't. They didn't do enough second half wise on defense to win this game. They just they just didn't show up. The Rams, the Los Angeles Rams didn't show up. Maybe the St. Louis Rams showed up, but not the Los Angeles Rams. They were not there. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I definitely I definitely say the ghost of St. Louis was definitely there instead of golfing the Rams. But I would definitely say that rushing for only 62 yards of the team and having nine penalties for 65 yards, that's just nine penalties for 65 yards. Those are just mental errors. And, that's that's definitely discipline. That's discipline right there. And that, and that's and that's something I can't excuse because the the Patriots we all know are the best team in history as far as we're not going to beat ourselves. They had three penalties for only twenty yards the whole game. The penalty disparity, the punt disparity, and the total like people everyone watched the game and they and they see this is a back and forth effort pretty much between the defenses. But if you look closer at it. If you look deeper into it and look at it, New England had control of this game the whole game. Not not once did I look at Tom Brady and the Patriots and think, oh man, it's a razzle. It's like that defense is getting to him a little bit. I never thought that. Even on the interception that Brady threw on his first pass, yeah, the ball came out a little funky. Yeah, Chris Hogan should have did a little extra to fight for the ball and at least keep it from getting intercepted. But like I said, the Rams defense did not make the Patriots uncomfortable. The Patriots defense made Jerry Goff very uncomfortable the whole entire game. You're not lying. You're not lying right there. And uh, when I saw Tom Brady throw that interception, 
I'm, I said, now this is the Rams' chance to go punch the Patriots in the mouth. You got to set the tone early when you're playing the New England Patriots. And I said that the I said the Rams, off this interception, they needed to go down there and put up some points and set the tone tone of the game, or the Patriots gonna control this game. And and by God, they they control they controlled the game. Like overall, uh, the the uh, Los Angeles Rams uh, held on the ball time position of uh twenty six uh fifty and. The Patriots 33-10, which is the that's the Patriots game. Control the tempo, control the ball. The Rams had the opportunity to, to change momentum. They didn't. Tom Brady threw a pick, but the difference between his pick and Jerry Goff pick is with that it was early. It was early. He got it out the way. It didn't cost anything. No harm, no foul. Jerry Goff threw the pick at the most in like most time he they did not need him to throw the pick. Like at any other time, he could have threw a pick at any other quarter. But right there after that was I think that, that was golf best drive that he had. And it just sucked that it had to end like that on an interception and just erase everything he had just did on that previous on that drive because he did actually complete some pretty nice passes on third down and stuff to get the ball down there. And I, I thought for a second that the Rams might have a chance to go there and tie it up. They got one ball to cook. He just couldn't hang on to it. And then they tried to go back to him. And that's when, you know, Belichick, he knew he knew the play. Belichick has been doing this for too long. I think they said Belichick, what, 66 years old? That, that man, that man's been doing this for too long. He's he's been he's been under some of the greatest coaches of all time. He's been uh beside he's been he's worked with some of the greatest coaches of all time. Like he knows this game. He's he, he knows that he's you don't think that that he studied the Rams back and forth. I don't know what tapes the Rams looked at. I don't know if they looked at some earlier Patriots. I don't know what they looked at. They should look at that game. I should look at the game against the Chargers, and I should look against that game against the Chiefs because those two games was like you. That was a different. That's a different team than it was in the regular season for the Patriots. And I think that the Rams, they just came in here. You know, I give. I, I do believe. I still believe that the Rams definitely had more talent than the Patriots, but they just got outcoached and outplayed. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. And and like I said, if you take both both teams' runs to get to the Super Bowl, you know the Rams. The Rams pretty much had a. A harder time than New England did, and see a stat, a stat I found yesterday. The Patriots under Belichick are thirty and eleven, and or we're now thirty-one and eleven in the postseason. That's thirty-one wins just in the postseason. Now the LA Rams, they have twenty-six wins total, including regular season and postseason in the past two years combined. Now think now. For p- people who might not know the significance of this stat, Belichick has won 31 postseason games. Now, as opposed to bas- basketball, baseball, there aren't no series. When the playoffs comes, every game is a game seven. Belichick has pre- basically won 31 game sevens in his career. The LA Rams just got their first playoff win this year. The first... Like I said, the Rams, they only had four players on the whole team with Super Bowl experience. And out of those four, two played for New England. They played for Belichick, Cooks, and Aqib Tlaib. With Cooks playing the previous year before, in the past year's Super Bowl. Yep, so you, yep. knew, you knew Belichick had all the info, all the tendencies on Brandon Cooks. Yeah, he still had with eight catches for 120 yards, but most of that came in the fourth quarter when the Rams were just trying to finally get yeah. a touchdown on the board. Like I said, two players who play for New England was on the Rams team that had Super Bowl experience. 
Like I said, the Patriots, they had four people with Super Bowl experience on the defensive line alone. So that disparity in playoff experience, I said before the game, I would take experience over fireworks and firepower any day. Because when it comes down to it, and you need to grind and you need to edge it out, that experience is going to come through. Because Belichick, he has been in every possible situation you could be in in football. And he's been in every situation that you can be in as far as the big game goes. When, you, when you've been in the Super Bowl nine times in 18 years, I'm pretty sure you got a feel for the game once you get there. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And mm-hmm. also, also, I knew that, I, like, you, you, they put a chip on Tom Brady's shoulder this season. It's been a lot of speculation. Maybe he's, like, Father Tom finally catch up to him, and maybe it's time for Brady to retire. And that's one thing I don't think you should ever try to do is put a chip on Tom Brady's shoulder. This kid is still playing. He still got the chip from being drafted in the sixth round on his shoulder. And that was way back in, what, 2000? He was drafted yes, away, and he still has that chip on his shoulder. I, I remember... I remember talking. I remember talking to uh, one of my family members after the uh, Patriots and Chargers game, and when Tom Brady looked in that camera and he said, "I know everybody thinks that uh, we're old and we can't score and we don't have any skill player." I told, I looked him right and I said, "That Tom Brady right there is dangerous because that Tom Brady is playing for something." He's last year. Last year, of course, Tom Brady wanted to win the Super Bowl last year. When does Tom Brady want to win? But this year, this was this was the motivation that Tom Brady just needed, and he took he just took over like. He might not have a great game in the Super Bowl, but going against the Chargers and Chiefs, he, that was Tom Brady. That was Tom Terrific that we know. Uh, and I and I agree. And I agree, Ed. And the thing about it with Tom is, you know, outside that Kansas City game in the AFC Championship, when was the last time the Patriots really were an underdog? And we all know Julian Edelman and Tom Brady, they cherished that underdog role because, like you said, Brady, Going in the sixth round in 2000, Edelman coming in as a quarterback in the draft, and then being drafted 232nd overall. You know, having that chip on their shoulders because because you know playing for the Patriots, everyone's going to they're you're going to be the favorite in all times. And the fact that everyone was down on them this year, oh man, they looking a little old man. I think it might be ended this year. <coughs> and I think I think excuse me, and I think. What it was, you know, when they had those tough losses they weren't supposed to lose early in the regular season, like to Tennessee, to Detroit, and then that debacle at Miami, which that I was them, crazy. I still put, a, I still, I still, I'm still kind of angry at Belichick for that having grunk on that field at that, at that point. But I can't, I can't be mad at him at this point. They end up winning the big game when it's all said and done. But I think people looked at that, and people looked at. Brady specifically, they weren't looking at the team as a whole in itself. They zoned in pretty much on Brady and looking at his performance and were like, man, he's, he's losing it, man. He, he's losing it. But I, I tell people that when, when was the last time Brady had a team that was this depleted as far as the skill position goes? Like, <laughs> when, when was the last time the like, look, look at Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon left halfway through the season due to <laughs> due, due to his uh, mental problem. With that, I, I'm not trying to make a joke about his mental problem. I'm just saying, like, look what Tom Brady has to go through. 
and uh, and look what the Rams have. The Rams have nothing but star power over there. Like it's literally Star City over there. They 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 they're in the right destination in L.A. Hollywood because they have nothing but stars. They have nothing but stars. But yet when you play when you play against I like it's like it's like the old saying says hard works beat talent when talent fails to work hard. And that's what happened last night. It was just it was just hard work, hard work studying. Brady and Belichick, they put in the hours. They've done this. This is nothing new to them. Tom Brady looked as fired up as ever. He's not nervous. I knew Jared Goff would be nervous a little bit, but after I seen him play in the Saints game, I thought maybe he could handle it. But as you can see, Sean Payton, an offensive-minded coach, is totally different from Bill Belichick, a defensive-minded coach. And he knew exactly what to do to take away the weapons for Jared Goff and make Jared Goff have to make some, some passes that Jared Goff just wasn't ready to make. Jared Goff looked more like a game manager last night than a gunslinger. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. He looks he look, he looked kind of like Tom Brady when he first came into the league, you know. And that's and that's the kind of com- the comparison I made was that like in this this Super Bowl is pretty much a flip flop reflection of the first Super Bowl Brady had when Brady was the inexperienced game manager and the Rams was coming off the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Tory Holt, and those guys. And 17 years later, now that the script has flipped, now and then Brady is the experienced head with Belichick and Jerry Goff then were the newbies, so to speak. And you can see in the two playoff games for the Rams, Jason Garrett, offensive mind, and Sean Payton, offensive mind, you see they found ways to win against them. But against Matt Nagy, who had Vic Fangio in Chicago during the regular season, and then Belichick, who we all know, his forte is defense. See, the thing with the Rams this year was the, t- the the games they had the most trouble in were games where the team had a strong defensive philosophy and a strong defensive coach that knew how to get at the Rams and that play action offense. The times they lost this year, like I said, to the Bears and to the and to the Patriots outside that Eagles game where Nick Foles just was making Foles magic as usual. You know, the Rams don't play good when they go against def- great, great defensive minds. That's and, true. That's true. Reminds yeah. me of that uh, Bears game. Yeah, and you could t- and you see between the Bears and the Patriots game, they only scared they only scored a grand total of I want to say twelve points between those two games. As compared to over thirty three, they were putting up on everyone else. So going into next season. Yeah, like I said, this Sean McVay's first real successful season. He's gonna he's gonna look back on everything on the season, look what he could have done different, what adjustments he can make in the offseason to get back to this point, and look at the deficiencies they have. Cause really oh, yeah. really what what drove the nail to the coffin for the Rams was yeah, they got star power, but they don't have depth. And that's where that's what kills teams. Yes, it's all right to have the talent. Outside of the receiver position, they have depth in the receiver position, but outside of that, they're they're pretty thin. Yeah, and to know and knowing that Belichick is gonna take away that run, knowing that Cooper Cup is injured, like Sean McVay, he had to put it was it was going to be hard anyway to put Jared Goff in the best position to win. But I still like I like I say just not having no depth because at the end of the day, all those snaps. Like in, uh, and like you can see it as far as the Rams defense was concerned, you can see the snaps adding up. Sue and Donald, they're not getting upfield with all that pressure as they were in the beginning of the game. All that running, all that, 
all the Patriots running the ball, it was wearing them down. You know, they wanted to get upfield and get after Brady. But the, the, the Patriots were like, no, we're going to run hard, the ball. It's hard to keep energy. It's hard to keep energy when, you're, when your offense is playing it eight times in a row. It's hard to, for your defense to, to have some some type of gas. You know, they was pretty burnt out after that. You you getting a, you getting a break for basically like a minute and a half, and you're back out there on the field. Yeah, and, and that's and that's and that's where the depth issue comes in because now they have to get right back on the field instead of having some other guys who are just as capable as playing their position getting in so they can get an extra play or two of rest before they go back out there. And like I said, when the Rams were on offense, they couldn't get a first down. In the first half, the New England Patriots had 12 first downs to the Rams two. If you if you're gonna only have two first downs in the whole first half, your defense doesn't have a single chance to even beat the Cleveland Browns, let alone the Patriots. Like, this disparity is just mind-boggling to me. 12 first downs for New England as the two for the Rams. The New England had almost 200 yards total offense by halftime, with the Rams only had 57. And then the Rams only had the ball for 10 minutes in the first half and did nothing but punt the ball. So by the time the second half got here, even, yeah, the defense had a whole halftime to relax, but it still wears on you. Like, you can't you can't get the the rest and recuperation you need just from a halftime, you know, especially from all that being on the field, punt after punt after punt. It's gonna wear on you. And the showed in the fourth quarter when Burks hit, when Burkhead and Sonny Michelle got those big runs, which ultimately led led to Sonny Michelle's touchdown run. Yes, you know you know they say you know they say. You know they always say you know you can you can do have the best team you can have the best team the best player but if you don't have the gas you don't have you don't have the you don't have the the system to go that hard you can have the best defense but if they're burnt out there's nothing they're going to be able to do the defense we know for sure the round defense i'd say they definitely showed up at least the first half they were definitely there now second oh, yeah, half they lost a little gas because they were burnt out the first half i was surprised that they were still able to get Brady off the field late in that second in the second quarter because they had been on the field so much you start you I would think that I'm surprised they didn't wear down sooner and 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 the Rams they kept they kept going to the same thing like I just hate that they wanted I, I understand that Ty Gurley is your franchise running back you love him you want to but come on you cannot you can't just shove it down there just the, the running game was a joke the Rams running game was a joke. To have a, a superstar as Tiger, I know he's battling that knee injury. Set him down. It's okay. As there's gonna be more Super Bowls that y'all can go back to. You gotta set him down. Get get uh CJ Anderson in there. Let him carry. Let me. I think he did pretty good on when he did carry the ball. Oh, let yeah, him definitely. Let him tote the ball. I, I know you won't. I know how much Tiger Lee means to this team, but. It just wasn't. It wasn't in the cards for Ty Gurley. He, he constantly was on the bike and trying to stretch and trying to get loose. He, he wasn't a hundred percent. I don't think. I think. And I, I. I hate. And I know sometimes that the coaches allow the players to make the decision to play or not. But I just hate to see when a player when they allow a player to play hurt because this is the same thing that happened to RG three. And I think this is what derailed RG three career is playing a player while he's hurt. That 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 could have never knew what could have happened in that game. Tiger already has been through a torn ACL. Why would you want to put him in there? I, I understand this is Super Bowl, but this is your star player. This could mess him up for his future. This could mess him up going on from now on. But you want to play him. Anything could have happened in the game. Thank God that it didn't. But anything could have happened in that game. and He could have been injured on the sideline. And he could have been a major injury. And now you're set back, not just for this game, 
you're set back next season and the season after that because now you're trying to wait on him to get fully healed. He has to go through surgery and everything. That 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 just the Rams just they baffled me by trying to continue to run the ball. I seen them run the ball three straight three straight downs with Ty Gurley, <laughs> and they gained about two yards on, out of all three of those plays. They gained about two yards in total. Yeah, I agree, brother, man. And like I said, one of the things coming into the game was the Rams' offensive line playing good ball as far as the run game was concerned, you know? But like I said, like you said, I know Ty Gurley was hurt. So that's where C.J. Anderson comes in. This is the reason you got him in December. This is the reason why you used him in those last two regular games while you sat Gurley to let him rest. This is what you brought him in for. Let him give him the ball and let him run it. Todd Gurley is not 100% healthy. Like you say, it could take any, it could take a wrong cut, it could take somebody tackling low on accident, and that, that knee can just be out of there. And then, like you said, that's that is ruining them down the line. Like another another bad knee injury for Gurley, and that can see he can't, he might not get right for a whole two seasons, considering that has already been injured. And you know that's where the Patriots once again they they do it best than anyone. By not having any star players, but doing it by committee. You know, they got James White, Burkhead, Sony Michelle. They got three capable running backs in each another role in the offense and on the team. Belichick knows if you don't win Super Bowls, you don't win games with stars. You win games with depth, with good coaching, with good defense, and a good quarterback. He knows that he's been doing this so long that he has the game sold up. And like I said, you you can see it. You can see that you can see that experience they had, as opposed to what the what the Rams had going. Like I said, Gur, Gurley, he's, he ain't, he has been hundred percent in over two and a half three months, man. Yeah, he had that good game against the Cowboys, but he yeah. also reaggravated his knee in that game. The Saints game, for some reason, for some reason, Gurley looked kind of like. He had a little mental gasp during the, during the Saints game where he wasn't really just all the way locked in. And, of course, we know he didn't get that much action in that game either. But, yeah, ever since the playoffs started, man, Gurley just has not looked right. And I don't think I don't think the Rams are, are being wholehearted as to what it is. I, you know, Gurley said after the game, you know, he's fine. The, the knee wasn't bothering me at all, you know. It's just one ball to go around. Everyone can't touch it. Yeah, but you're also the franchise running back, and you only had ten carries in a Super Bowl. <laughs> and every time you're on the sideline, you're on you are, you have to get on the bike, or they're stretching you out. You, you can't you can tell us things, but the camera shows something different. And we saw that we know we saw that something was bothering Todd Gurley. He was not a he was not all there. He was did not have the same explosion that he usually has. He did not attack like he usually does. He was looking like a basic like. And to be honest, C.J. Anderson was looking like the more capable running back. Yeah, like, C.J. Anderson, he looked like he had been there. He looked like he was going to run the ball with conviction. Whenever I saw Gurley touching the ball, it looked like he was being a little timid. He was not giving it his his all in, into the run. Whenever he did get the ball, it looked like he was trying to take it easy on that knee. That's what, and that's just what I saw. You know, I've seen Ty Gurley, a healthy Ty Gurley, when he gets that ball, He's gone. He makes that one cut or he hits that hole and he's moving. And like I said, since the playoffs, you can see it. When they will get from the ball, he's not running with everything he's got. He's not, you don't see that explosion. You don't see that burst. 
you don't see them things that you were accustomed to seeing Gurley do early in the regular season before his knee got aggravated. And like I said, it happened at the worst time going right into the playoffs. But they, but like I said, they did the right thing in going out to get C.J. Anderson, and really, and that, and that saved, really, that saved them from even, because they could have been blanked out in the Super Bowl. They could have, they could have scored zero points. It was that possible that it was like their offense was doing that bad. Like they could have ended up losing thirteen. For a second, it did look like that. For a second, I thought, I thought maybe we would have a, a shutout in the Super Bowl. The Rams, the Rams offense was so. I also I don't think that they tried to spread the ball spread the ball around enough. I mean, they threw the ball here to a couple more receivers, but they were so focused on trying to get cooked the ball, and they forgot about Robert Woods. I forgot Robert Woods was even a player in this game. Robert Woods was was a great receiver for this year. Also, I don't take away. I know that the Rams do have their set of injuries with uh Cooper Cup being gone. I think he's a big he's a big time player for them that could have made a difference in this game. But that's still yes. no excuse because you still had the second highest of uh scoring offense this uh whole season. And for you to put up three points in the Super Bowl, it just shows a lot. It, it, it's supposed I think that they can take this and they can learn on it. They can build on it. This is a learning experience. I know it hurts the rounds right now. I know that right now they're not trying to hear the uh, we'll be back and stuff and this is a learning experience. But that's exactly what it was. You learn from it. You're gonna build on it, you know. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna come back and and have another chance at this. I think the Rams are, are gonna be a great dynasty one day. I think they just still have some uh, some experience to go through. This was a great learning experience for Jerry Goff. I think uh, overall he didn't have a great game, but the only thing he did was that inter- costly interception, and that was the biggest co- that was costly of the game. Even though the Rams defense could have got the ball back, but they was gassed by time by time. Uh, Tom Brady got that, that interception back off the inter, I mean, got that ball back off the interception. The Ram defense was gassed. That's why you saw Sonny Michelle and Bernhardt break off those runs for those first downs and basically seal the game for the for the Patriots. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely agree, man. And like I said, with with Donald and Sue and the, my players to watch for each team before the game, the, the players I picked to watch that will make an impact for the Rams were Dominican Sue and Robert Woods. I knew. If, if Sue could get, if he could play like he played in that Saints game, and if I knew, because I knew all the attention was going to be on Brandon Cooks and or Todd Gurley if he were able to play efficiently. But I knew with them not having that depth at receiver that they were going to have to get Robert Woods involved and involved early. I knew they were going to have to get him the ball even when I know he wanted to give Cooks the ball. And he had Robert Woods on a couple open open plays, but like I said, that pressure was just getting the golf that he couldn't get Woods the ball until later on in the fourth quarter. I said that the keys, the keys to each team winning is not the stars and not the key players of the teams, but you know those little side pieces that you know not too many people are not going to look at. But if they have a big game, then oh man, we got us a problem. You know, for the other team, that's what I that's what I saw. And then that's what pretty much ended up happening. Because like I said, my X factor before the game was Gronk. I knew he would come up with a big catch at some point in the game, later on in the fourth quarter, which ended up happening. I knew that it was going to take a field goal to pretty much end the game or ice the game. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to end up being like a game winning field goal. Like, like the, the score is tied up and they kick a field goal to win. That's how I thought it was going to end. But it still ended up, 
being a game winning field goal, just not in the traditional sense. Yeah, they were going up by ten points at that point. But everything, everything that I said would would occur pretty much, pretty much occurred outside of the offensive disparity that happened in the game. Yeah, that I I, I couldn't agree more. This game. This game was definitely a defensive game. It was it was not a, a great great offensive game. Um, Bill Belichick out coached out coached uh, Sean McVay. Uh, Tom Brady made the plays when he needed to play. Patriots played second half. Jared Goff costly interception. That's how I really sum up this game. And that's how I, that's how I really all that's how I wrap wrap the whole game up in the nice bow. That's how how I see it. it was, you know, it was just playing. You just playing the Patriots. It's hard to beat the Patriots. Yeah, especially when, you, especially when you have a young quarterback, and Bill Belichick knows what to do against young quarterbacks. He knows how to get after them. He knows he knows what will disrupt them and what will make them make mistakes. And it showed, and he did he did exactly what I expected Bill Belichick to be able to do. I didn't expect I didn't expect the Rams to score uh, over over thirty points. I didn't think they would just score three points. I thought they would. At least get into the twenties and maybe like you said, a, a game winning field goal, like twenty like a twenty four to twenty seven type game or something like that. I did think I did uh think that that would be the outcome of this game. But uh I just wanna give kudos. I wanna give uh, props to, to the whole New England organization. I know everybody says like try to say the referees and stuff help them out and stuff, but I, this game the referees had nothing to do with it. The it was just coaching. Great coaching. That's what this game was about. And it show and it put a spotlight on what coaching means. And when people when people say, "Oh, he just got a great, a great, a great team and a great, great players," no, this showed exactly. This show when you don't have good players or not the best players. I'm not gonna say not good players because they are good players, but not the best players. But coaching can make a difference. This this is why you go out there and you and you sign these coaches. These young, these young coaches that that can that can been been around and been around other championship coaches and stuff because you know it makes a difference in the big games like this. Sean McVay, he came from the Redskins. When the last time the Redskins been to the Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't even have that stat pulled up. That's how long ago it, it was. I tell you, it's been a it's been a minute. It's probably been before before uh before Sean McVay was even even in uh, high school. So so that 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 right there, that right there just. You can't you can't expect time you can't expect to beat somebody when you don't have the experience they have and they know they know that they had they had uh they had it wrapped up. The Patriots knew that if they played their game and like Tom Brady always said, like Tom Brady said, when the Patriots don't turn the ball over, even though they did and it did it early and it didn't really cost them much at all. Well, nothing at all because it was a three and out. But when the Patriots don't turn the ball over and they play and they hold on to the ball and control the tempo. 95% of the time they win the game and that's what happened last night. Yeah man, I couldn't agree more brother. Like I said, that's how that's pretty much how I summed up the game. A great game of coaching. That's what I saw. And it and it just goes to show that if you want to get to this point and if you want to get have success like Brady, Belichick and the Patriots are having, you have to have that infrastructure. You have to have that coach that has that knowledge and experience in games like this because it does matter. Like I said, it's not the NBA where it's driven by stars and star power and talent. No, you have to have a system. You have to have a coach who's able to emphasize that system on a daily basis. You have to get the players to get in there and to buy in into that system. You have to, and 
Like I said, no no coach does that better than Bill Belichick. And, you know, I, I say he's the greatest coach of all time because of all the things that he's had to do in this 18-year run, you know, with the salary cap, with free agents, with all of these players wanting money and endorsements, Bill Belichick's like, to hell with that. We're going to get whoever can play in this system, whoever's going to buy in, and we're going to run with them. We're not going to go out and pay high price for these for these stars and all these personalities. No, when we've been getting it done with just good players and having a sound infrastructure and system and to go along with the great coaching, you know. Like I said, Sean McVay was under was under uh, Jay Gruden in Washington. The Redskins haven't been to a Super Bowl. I wasn't even alive. I wasn't even alive when they last time went to a Super Bowl. So the fact that the fact that the Rams even went to McVay and then without knowing that he wasn't under no Parcells or Coughlin or none of that, and like I said, it just it just shows. But I do give McVay credit when they did hire him. First thing he did was go out and get away Phillips to get these old experienced coaches who have been true. in the game for 30, 40 plus years because he knew he was going to have to lean on that experience because if McVay would have had just some hot and ready defensive coordinator who was just, it was his first job being a defensive coordinator for a team, I can could, I could promise you, Brady then probably would have probably would have put up 28 points on the Rams. And the Rams would have still had three or zero. But that's that, true. But the fact that he got away Phillips, who in the past has had success against Belichick and Brady in the in in the playoffs, you know, considering when he was with Denver, when that, the last time the last team to knock Belichick and Brady from the AF, from the AFC Championship when they went on to win Super Bowl Fifty against the Panthers, you know, he knew that, so he went out and got away Phillips because he knew that experience he was going to have to lean on heavily, especially on the defensive side of the ball, so that this team could coexist and be cohesive to what he wanted to do. And I do give McVay that credit in that sense. Like I said, I give Belichick his credit. Like I said, he's done it for 18 years, and each year he just does what the team needs, not what the team wants. He just does what they need to do to get to January and February. And then when they get to that point, he puts all his chips in, and he does his most magnificent coaching in that postseason as example by those 31 postseason wins since he's been in the wing. Yeah, that's true. Now, before we wrap up, I do want to I do want to talk some NBA. I just want to let you know, uh, we do have some games on today. We have the Nuggets versus Pistons, Hawks versus Wizards, Bucks versus Knicks, Pacers versus Pelicans, Rockets versus Suns, and Spurs versus Kings. The first game will be starting at 6 p.m., and the last game starting at 9 p.m. today. So for all the all the NBA fans out there, we we ain't forgot about you. We know the Super Bowl just happened and everything. We're gonna still get y'all in there. We're gonna try to fit y'all in there. Oh yeah, you heard it. You heard it, people. NBA games tonight. First one comes on the six. Make sure y'all tune in and make sure y'all get y'all a good game. Woo. Yeah, that pretty much wraps it, wraps it up for us, folks. All right, everybody. Well, there you have it, folks. That's it for today's show. Be sure to like, share, and follow us on Facebook at Fourth Quarter Podcast, on Instagram at Ed and Unk, and on our Twitter page at Fourth Quarter Podcast. This is Unk checking out. This is Ed checking out. Y'all be safe. Y'all have a great day. Have a great day, everyone. This is the Fourth Quarter Podcast.